The following episode may contain material that some listeners may find triggering or disturbing and may not be suitable for younger audiences, including depictions of sexual assault, violence, and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. I always say leave nothing on the table. Like if you have an idea, if you have something that you want to execute, like don't just leave it up here. Don't just leave it on paper. Don't just leave it on your vision board. Don't leave it on your prayer wall. Like start taking actionable steps to make it happen because tomorrow is not promised. Life is so short. And what matters the most is what you do in between that, that dash that's on your funeral program. Like that's what matters the most, not, not the day you were born, not the day you die, but what you do in between and the impact that you have on others. Cause it's, it's, it's what we don't think about. You know, we don't like to think about death, but when we leave here, it's like, what do we want our funeral program to say? What do we want our obituary to say? What do we want people to say about us? You know, what impact do we want to leave? And what legacy do we want to leave? What do we leave behind? Um, I, I see people who die all the time and I'm like, this is all you did? These are stories featuring everyday women who have overcome some extraordinary obstacles. From Ash Media Network, this is The Good News. Welcome back to The Good News Podcast. Today's story is from Courtney. To give you a little background about the interview process, I am not a formal person whatsoever. I always encourage every guest to come as they are, dress how they want to dress, and just be themselves. Courtney's energy was so chill when we sat down for her interview. This didn't make it to the episode, but we spent about 30 minutes just talking before her interview about life, about marriage, about parents, about things we've learned over the years. It felt like I was catching up with a longtime friend, and we were just sitting on the couch having a good conversation. Throughout the interview, Courtney will drop these incredible gems about life, relationships with other people, and your relationship with yourself. And I found myself jotting down things she said so that I could keep them as reminders for myself. Here's Courtney. Courtney Kristen, and I am from Houston, Texas. Look, it's no place like Texas. We have to lean into the the food, first of all, and the chopped and screwed music. So if you're not from Houston, you don't know about that. Growing up, um, I grew up with my grandparents. And so those are my dad's parents. And they've been married 50 years. So they've been married a really, really long time. And so growing up, my mom and dad, they had me at the age of 17. So they were both really young. They're both in high school. And, you know, they're practically kids themselves. And so my mom ended up you know, letting my dad's parents take me. And so that's kind of how I grew up. Um, I had one other sibling who lived with me, my brother. And yeah, pretty much grew up with them, going to church. We were like, church, church, church. I wanted to be actively involved in things, but I couldn't be. So I was the child that was kind of like sheltered because they were older. It was just kind of like, oh, you don't need to do that. Oh, you don't need to do that. And so I had to really, really press the issue when I got to junior high, like to let me play basketball and let me play volleyball. They didn't understand it because 
my grandpa graduated high school, but my grandma didn't. And so you had just a high school diploma and, you know, a one classroom situation when they went to school. So it was just totally different. And so them trying to be older parents and parenting me was was difficult, you know. My mom was, you know, trying to find her way and kind of getting into relationships that weren't necessarily healthy, not necessarily having a stable place to live, you know, all these things that could have played a factor in in how I grew up. And we would communicate, but like seeing her, like everyone wants to see their mom daily. So I, I didn't get to see her daily. So there would be like months, two months, three months two weeks like it would just depend on when I would see her um so she was there but it was just kind of like it wasn't consistent as I thought it should be and my dad on the other hand is kind of like a womanizer and he's still like that to this day like he was married for 20 years but he had a total of like five outside kids kind of like everywhere and just you know in and out I would see my dad all the time but it was just like he was in and out kind of doing his own thing going out clubbing um got into drugs really heavily not, not using drugs but selling drugs and so still to this day he's kind of the same he's been to prison maybe like five times and he's on his way back As I got older, I started to see why, you know, they made the decision that they made because they weren't ready. So I went to college, like maybe five minutes from my mom's house. She was the closest person that I could get to when I needed something. And so that's when the relationship really, really, you know, started to uh, develop. And I would go over in between class, after class. And so I think I was just always searching for that, for that mother's love that I was looking for growing up. At the end of the day, I think every little girl wants their mom. It doesn't matter who raises you. It doesn't matter who's in your life actively as a mentor. That really doesn't matter because ultimately you still have that tie to your mom because, of course, she carried you for nine months. So there's something that's always going to be there, that piece that you're missing. Sometimes, as children, we don't see our parents as individual people with their own lives, their own ideas, and with their own pasts that we know nothing about. We often just see them as mom or dad. I asked Courtney, did she ever learn to look at both of her parents as individual people who at the time were navigating their lives just as much as she is today? I also asked her, Was she ever angry at her parents for the decisions that they made? Was she ever angry at herself? It starts with forgiveness. I grew up in church, and so I'm very spiritual, you know, when it comes to certain things. And that was one of the things that's like, I have to forgive because God gives me grace every day. Like every day is a new day. And he says every day my mercies are new. And so who am I to be so mad and so angry at someone for making a mistake when I make mistakes all the time and he forgives me. And so I just I had to get to a place to where I was able to allow myself to forgive and not necessarily forget, but forgive. So I, I want to be clear on that because we remember things. And so it's not easy to forget things, but it is something, a feeling so different when you forgive, you, you get a sense of freedom. And so I think when I went through that stage, that's when I really, really started to, you know, open up and 
we had conversations and I found out how much we, we had in common. We would hang out, we would go to stores, shopping, you know, all that stuff. And so I think just starting from scratch and building a bond. And so that's really, really what led to me opening up and developing though that healthy relationship with her. All the things that you want as a little girl growing up, I started to get those in my 20s. And then at 23, it was taken away from me. My mom passed away at 41 and it was sudden. And so it wasn't something that you can prepare yourself for. I was working at a daycare and my mom at that time had been in the hospital for maybe like a month, um, but she was getting ready to come home. So she had a surgery. She had a, a hysterectomy. Women go for hysterectomies all the time. So it was minor. It was like an outpatient thing. And then she ended up getting sick like a couple of days after she had been home. She was kind of unresponsive. My sister um, slept with her that night. And when she woke up, she could. She was trying to wake her, and she couldn't wake her. So, of course, to call the ambulance, went to the hospital. And so just from there, she never came back home. When we got the test done, and they said that it was like a blood clot that had went up, you know, to her brain, but she lost oxygen um, for so long that they just didn't catch it in time. But she was pretty much going to come home but be a vegetable. I was at work and I got a phone call saying, hey, you need to get here. I'm like, what? They're like, you need to get here. It's not good. I was trying to like get myself together. I'm telling work like, hey, I got to go. I'm like at the gas station and I'm like, I'm pumping gas. I'm calling my sister. I'm like, hey, yeah, they said, you know, we need to get there. And my sister's already crying. So I'm like, what is going on? She didn't know that they hadn't told me that my mom was already gone. I literally, I don't even remember anything. I just remember somebody coming over and being like, let me help you finish pumping your gas. Do you have someone you could call? And so I called a, a good friend of mine. I'm like, hey, are you busy? He's like, no. I'm like, hey, can you come right here and, and meet me? I'm going to leave my car here, but I need you to, you know, drive me. He drove me there. I mean, the whole way there, I was just like, no, this is not happening. And I get there and yeah, she's already gone. And I never knew what it was like to lose someone close to me. When that happened to me, I mean, I was just, I just couldn't believe it. Like, this is too much. I can't handle this. I, I don't know. Like, this is not fair. All the things that you can think of that someone would be going through at that moment, especially someone who hadn't experienced having both of their parents in one household or having their parents be active at all their games and everything. It's just like, man, when I finally get a taste of it, it's taken away from me. I was listening to an episode on NPR's Code Switch called The Women Behind the Montgomery Bus Boycott. And when I say I was tapped in from the moment I pressed play, when we think about the bus boycott, we think about Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King, but we never really learned how this bus boycott was organized. But in this episode, you hear directly from the many women who organized for months and did what it took to make this bus boycott happen. And y'all, I was locked in the entire time. If you're interested in hearing more stories like this, you have to check out NPR's podcast. 
Truths. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories of joy, stories of resilience, stories that are distinct and varied and nuanced as the Black experience itself. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. So, as someone that has textured and curly hair, I'm excited to share Clairol's Textures and Tones came out with a permanent color range specifically for curly and coily hair types. Say hello to the improved formula and new look while preserving curls and shine. With 12 shades of brilliant intense color, no ammonia, and stacked with argon and olive oil to deliver some much needed moisture and vibrancy to your hair. So if you're my girl that likes a little color to spice up your look from time to time, the new Clairol Textures and Tomes was designed with texture and color specialists, and it was created with you in mind. Clairol's mission is simple, to make every woman feel beautiful and confident and help her live colorfully through accessible and easy to use products. Save your time and your money and give yourself a new hairdo because it's not the hair color you were born with, but the hair color you were meant to be. Clairol, it is so me. asked Courtney what was it like to grieve a parent, specifically a parent she really didn't know growing up, but was just getting to know as an adult. Grief looks different for everybody, and it's important to note that there is no right or wrong way to grieve. So I asked Courtney, how does grief continue to affect her life moving forward? And how can someone listening who may be experiencing their own battle with grief, how do they continue to move on with their lives too? First of all, recognizing that there's something that bothers you and you need to put it out there. And so one of the things that I did was I went to therapy and it took me a long time to go to therapy because I am a counselor myself. And so it's like, A counselor going to therapy is like, girl, what are you doing? But just taking the steps because it is a process and that process looks different for everyone. There's five stages of grief. And if you look like I have this little chart and there's a chart that goes, it shows you all the the stages in order. And then it says on the other side, like what it really looks like. And it's like scribble. One day I might be aggressive. The next day I might be calm and I go through the acceptance, like I accept what's going on. I'm coping with this. And then the next day I'm like, no, I'm not over this. And so, you know, you go through all of those stages and it's okay. Like you're going to figure it out, especially if you're getting the right help and you're seeking um, the direction from the right source. For me, I think it changed my um, view on life. So number one, you realize that life is short and that Anything you want to do, you need to do it. Like I always say, leave nothing on the table. Like if you have an idea, if you have something that you want to execute, like don't just leave it up here. Don't just leave it on paper. Don't just leave it on your vision board. Don't leave it on your prayer wall. Like start taking actionable steps to make it happen because tomorrow is not promised. Life is so short. 
And what matters the most is what you do in between that that dash that's on your funeral program. Like that's what matters the most. Not not the day you were born, not the day you die, but what you do in between and the impact that you have on others. Because it's 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 what we don't think about. You know, we don't like to think about death, but. But when we leave here, it's like, what do we want our funeral program to say? What do we want our obituary to say? What do we want people to say about us? You know, what impact do we want to leave? Um, what legacy do we want to leave? What do we leave behind? Um, I, I see people who die all the time and I'm like, this is all you did? When you really realize that you were put here to do something that's bigger than you, then it's like a light bulb pops on and you're like, I got to do this. I don't know why God gave me this idea, but I got to at least try it. Those are the things that we have to really, really think about. I know no one wants to think about it, but it's like, what am I doing to, first of all, live my purpose? And second of all, to impact others in between. Like, am I am I giving in my all? And so I think what it forced me to do is just really, really hone in on my goals, really, really maximize my potential and just tap into my gifts. And it made me stronger, like made me stronger, but I think, it made me stronger so that I can be there for other people and that other people can seek help when they need it from people like me that's been through trauma and been through, you know, different things in life that will ultimately help people by me sharing my experience. You know, you, you have more. It's in you. And you're sitting here like being so selfish because we all go through this, I, 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 well, I, 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 well, what about what I want? Well, what about what I need? You go through that, right? And it's like, wow, like somebody didn't get up this morning. Like somebody's not able to actively be present in the moment because maybe they're brain dead. Maybe they're over here on life support. Every day that you wake up and God gives you another chance, it's a chance that you could do something great. He has more for you to do. So you can't give up because he's not giving up on you because he's waking you up every morning and you're healthy and, you know, you can get in your car and drive. You can go here. You have the ability to still go to school because at that time I was in school. And so I think when I had that epiphany, like, wait, hold on, like I'm being real selfish here, being real, real selfish and I'm not being grateful. And I really just had to pray for clarity on what it was that I was supposed to be doing. But I think you have to have that, that reality check moment. Like people are leaving here and you're complaining about being here. It's just like you really, really start to be like grateful and you show gratitude and you give yourself grace and you give other people grace. You start to be like, OK, I'm grateful for life. Like, I'm grateful for getting up today. And God has more for me because if not, I wouldn't I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be active and so that's just kind of how I had to start looking at it because it's easy to stay down it's easy to feel sorry for ourselves it's easy to throw our pity party and be selfish but at the end of the day you have to do what you're called to do you should always remind yourself of the good things that are happening in your life um, even if you feel like there's nothing good happening like really, really take some time and just think about what am I grateful for today? Like, what are some things that someone doesn't have that I have? Um, what's going good for me? Um, what what could possibly go good for me next week? 
because it's easy. The easiest thing to do is to be negative. Like that's easy to do. You can always find someone to throw a pity party with. Um, But surrounding yourself around individuals who empower you and encourage you to be positive and they're positive and they're doing positive things, that really helps as well. Losing someone we know, someone we love, is unfortunately something we all have had or will have to experience. So I asked Courtney, for someone who may be going through what you've been through, not having that parental figure around in their lives growing up, or maybe they too have lost a parent that they loved, what is the best piece of advice you could give them? And for someone who has never experienced this before, or they don't know what it's like to lose a parent or lose someone they love, what is the best piece of advice you could give them? I think the best piece of advice would be to, first of all, identify your purpose. And so that means that you have to take action once you start taking action, like if you have an idea or you have a goal, you start taking action, sometimes things will change and you will start to really, really see what you're passionate about. Because people always ask, how do I find my purpose? How do I know my passion? And it's just through experience. It's through experience. You'll, You'll never know if you don't do. So always be an action taker. If you're the type of person who, you know, feels like I need someone to talk to every single day and I don't have anyone. We talked about it over and over again in this episode, like definitely try therapy, you know, try going out, you know, to make new friends, going to church, you know, interacting, like try to put yourself out there as much as possible, even though it's going to be uncomfortable. It's not a comfortable thing, um, especially when you're doing something new that's not the norm for you. But you'll be surprised how much you grow from just putting yourself out there and challenging yourself to uh, engage in new experiences. I would say enjoy your now. Enjoy your now. I wouldn't worry about it until you get there. I think when you get there, you learn on the fly. You literally learn through experience. You learn through your own experience. Because like we said earlier too, it looks different for everyone. It's going to look different for you. Like I can't tell you, oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Because that may not happen for you. You know, everyone is different. And so I would just say enjoy the journey. Enjoy the now. And then when you get there, make sure that you're taking these actionable steps that we're giving you, like going to therapy, talking to someone, sharing, speaking up, all those things that, you know, come with grief, that you're taking those actions to really, really deal with it the right way and not internalize it so much that it stops you from being the best you. As a final question for Courtney, I asked her, in this entire experience, what was the biggest thing you learned about yourself? And if you could go back in time and speak with your mom, is there anything you would tell her? What would you do? What would you say? I think what the main thing that I've learned growing up with just my grandparents and just everything that I've been through is just that I can handle this, that I'm equipped for this, and that I'm different. Never underestimate what you can do. Because if you feel like I should be doing something, but no, I really don't want to do it, then you probably should be doing it. But it's going to take you time to build that courage to get there. And I think going through those experiences really built my courage and really built my self-esteem and kind of just ultimately made me who I am. And so now I feel like I can do anything. 
I would tell her that the person that you're carrying inside of you is going to do great things in this world and that you're making the right decision by keeping her. It's not going to be pretty, but she will make you proud. I would tell her that I love her and that, you know, part of the reason why I'm doing a lot of things I'm doing on my journey is because of of the process and the journey that I've been through in my childhood. So I, I would thank her. I would thank her for, you know, having the courage to want to give me a better life and to want to you know, see me um, experience more than she did in her life because she didn't graduate high school. You know, I have my master's, you know, I've been, you know, doing all these things. And so I think she would be really proud, but I would just say thank you. Thank you for giving me the courage and, you know, still pushing me, even though, you know, you lack the education and you lack the resources, you still wanted to see me be great. And so I would just say thank you. If you or someone you know is coping with grief and loss, it's important to remember that whatever type of loss you've suffered, there is no right or wrong way to grieve. Click the link in the description of today's episode to learn more about your local services that may be available to you. The Good News Podcast is a collection of personal stories told week by week with brand new episodes every Wednesday brought to you by Ash Media Network. And remember, with every bad day, there will always be a good day to follow. With every obstacle comes a victory. There is always something good to look forward to. Good news is always on its way.